glad I'm here. Thankful for the privilege of being here. We're grateful for what God's doing in this place. Evident that the Lord's hands upon it. We're grateful for it. I had a, I've been in a dilemma about what the Lord might want me to preach if I preached. And uh, I appreciate all the messages. And uh, we're, we're, not, we're not in competition. Sometimes I'm in meetings and moderators make some stupid remarks. And they said, the fellow just preached, said uh, it'll be a tough job to top that. I'm not trying to top anybody. I, I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God. But if I did what I wanted to do, I'd preach out of John chapter 1. Uh, praise God for the message already been preached out of John chapter But I would preach. I'll just mention a little thought about it. But if I would preach, I'd preach on the glory of God. John chapter 1, the glory of his person. John chapter 2, the glory of his power. And by the way, could I tell you, when the Lord Jesus spoke to those disciples, he said, fill the water pots with water. I'm pretty sure they were not, were not independent Baptists, for they would have got in controversy about who put most water in. By the way, all God asked them to do was put the water in. They didn't turn it into wine. And that's all God asked you to do and asked me to do is to pour in the water of the word and he does that eternal work, that internal work that is demonstrated outwardly. Amen. So I'd have preached on the glory of his power. Amen. I'm glad he's an all-powerful God. And then I would preach a little while from John chapter 4, chapter 5 about the glory of his passion. And carry that all the way into chapter 12, 13. And then I'd preach a little bit about the glory of his present position. I'm grateful that he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God there making intercession for us. And I appreciate uh, uh, Brother Daniel's message. <clears throat> Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So God wants us to comprehend the truth, he, he wants us to be conformed to the truth. And he wants us to communicate the truth. And so we're preaching the word of God. There's no substitute for the word of God. Amen. Over 50 years ago, I was thinking about it a minute ago, over 50 years ago I was sitting in the, in the auditorium of Highland Park Baptist Church. Dr. Monroe Parker was preaching to a group of preachers and he said, some of you preachers are like the coon dogs that can't tree the coon, but you want to kill the dog that can. Hello, anybody home? I'm saying we're not competitive. We're just sinners saved by the grace. We're just delivery boys. And so I want to invite your attention to uh, the book of 2 Timothy. I believe this will be the mind of the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And uh, I'm thankful that I have a Bible. Grateful that it is settled in heaven and settled in our heart. We're living in a day of ministerial fabrications. And we're living in a day of spiritual stagnation. 
and we're living in a day of moral degeneration. But I'm grateful to report to you this morning that this word will stand on its own base. You don't have to, you don't have to try to explain it away. Simply give out the word of God and God will give the increase. Amen. So we're to do what? Pour in the word of God. So let me, let me talk to you just a little while on uh, this book that charts my course. I, I, I got saved 63 years and seven days ago tonight. I didn't shout when I got saved. I didn't cry when I got saved. I didn't run the aisle when I got saved. But I got S-A-V-E-D, saved by the grace of God. And I'm glad that we have a whosoever will gospel. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're most familiar with this. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come, where men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despised of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creed, uh, creep into houses and, uh, and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose of faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came in me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I, I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that were godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's what the Bible said. And he said, and he said, now verse, here's where I am. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from the child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's reading chapter 3 of the epistle of Second Timothy. By the way, I'm grateful for the illustration of the Apostle Paul and his ministry to his young, young uh, son in the faith, Timothy. <clears throat> Amen. I, I am grateful that we have the pastoral epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. I'm grateful for his illustration, how he shared his heart, and how he's warning uh, young Timothy about the things that he'll face in the ministry. So may God help us to try to help some younger preacher uh, that they might be encouraged and that they might continue to hold fast to that which God has given us. Would you bow with us for prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your goodness and mercy. 
I thank you for reaching way down and bringing us up out of that horrible pit and the mire clay and placing our feet upon the rock and establishing our going and putting a new song in our mouth, even praising our God. I pray that he, the Holy Spirit, might fill us today. You said if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I pray that the Spirit of God might have liberty to work in every heart. I pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Do what we cannot do. I thank you for all you will do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. In chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, apostasy is clarified in verse 1 through 9. And then it is contrasted in verse 10 through 13. And then it's counteracted in verse 14 through 17. It's counteracted by the man of God. But it's counteracted by the word of God. We are living in the last days. I believe Jesus could come this morning. I, I believe in the intimate return of our Lord Jesus. And so the word of God prepares a man of God for spiritual maturity and for spiritual activity. And, and he said that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, I want to give you three little points today and uh, consider this. The scriptures makes us wise concerning the sinfulness of sin. Preachers need to preach on sin, not in generalities, but specifically. It's like uh, Vance Hebron said, he heard this fellow preach and preach and preach and preach and almost said something. But we're, we're to preach the word of God without compromising. So sin is transgression of the law. That's what the Bible says. And he said, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And he said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so I'm saying, listen, sin is transgression of the law of God. Sin is a universal fact. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is an individual practice. And we've got problem with sin. We're not talking about out yonder world. The world is given to corruption and wickedness, but the sin that's going on in the house of God. The Spirit of God is so grieved in the average church today that there's no liberty, there's no conviction, and there's no response to the preaching of the Word of God. And so if we need anything, we need, we need a demonstration, a manifestation of the power and presence of our God. I can't do, but He can. I, I can't meet your need, but I can tell you, he can. I, I, I'm saying this, sin is an individual practice. Sin provides physical delight uh, because the Bible speaks of the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin produces serious demorals, demoralizing consequences. By the way, uh, decisions have consequences. Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the course of the king's faith. He decided what he was going to do before he decided what he was going to do. He determined beforehand what he was going to do when he was confronted. And by the way, if you don't determine beforehand, you'll many times succumb to the temptation. And so may God give us some, some convictions in our heart. Brother Roloff used to say, he said, if you don't have any convictions, borrow some of mine until you get it. How important it is to have, we ought to have some convictions in our heart. Sin provides personal, uh, physical delight, 
the pleasures of sin. Sin produces serious demoralizing consequences and the practice of sin hurts. We find that in Psalm 51. The confession, the confession of David, the man after God's own heart. He said, he said I, I, my sin is ever before thee. He said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. I say, may God help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with our God. If we're not right with God, it's because there's some sin in our life. If you're not saved today, today is a day of salvation. Now is accepted time. I remind us today that the psalmist said, my sin, it saturates the mind. Sin saturates the mind. It's, uh, uh, in verse number three, he said, he said this, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. I'm saying, David said, my sin is ever, it's like an open wound. My sin is ever before me. It stings the conscience. Notice there's four, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. It saddens the heart. I say to you this morning, once David had joy in his heart, now there's sickness in his body. And so he's saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The Bible said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Our hunger and thirst, if it is right this morning, uh, listen, we'll be setting our affections on things above. If my hunger and thirst is right, then listen, not only will I be uh, setting my affections on things above, my allegiance will be to God and God only. And, and listen, if my, if my affections, my desire, my thirst is right, then I'll have, I'll have this right ambition I want to put Christ first in my life, in everything, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. <clears throat> I'm saying the personal infection of sin, sin disfigures a man and, and the, leaves a man unclean. It disgraces that man. I say he has, comes to where he has no friend. Sin deceives a man, but I say to you, disarms a man, no power to stop it. I, I'm reminded that sin damns the soul uh, to, to hell to that, for that person who will not receive Christ. And so there's a power of influence, uh, the power of influence of sin. Man is going according to the wrong course. Ephesians chapter 2 and 2, And ye hath he quickened who were dead in trespass and sin. We wasn't sick and needed a doctor. We was dead and we needed life. I'm grateful that when I got saved, I passed from death unto life. I'm glad that Christ lives in me. And by the way, there's something wrong. There's something wrong in the life of an individual who can constantly live in open sin before God and, and mouth the fact that they're right with God. And so man's going according to the wrong course and the course of this world is always downward. I, I, I'm reminded the prince in the power of the air is Satan. He's not all powerful, but he is powerful. And by the way, you're no match for him, and I'm not either. My pastor had, a, had an evangelist send to, to preach a meeting, and, and he said, uh, this is evangelist, he said, uh, 
Uh, he said, I see the devils come to church tonight, and I, I'm going to run him out. And so he, he, he left the platform, and he went down the side aisle all the way back to the vestibule, come back around, and all the time he's commanding the devil, commanding the devil, commanding the devil. Uh, I, I uh, was curious to know what my pastor thought about it, so he called me. I live 30 miles away. He called me and he said, well, what do you think of the message tonight? I said, sir, I, I'm a little bit suspicious of folks who are on speaking terms with the devil. I, I, I'm reminded that you, you're no match and I'm no match, but greater is he that's within me than he's within the world. And, and so man is going according to their own conduct. Chapter number three is according to the prince of the power of the air. And so the lust of the flesh. So there's a, there's a, this book charts our course about the matter of sin. It makes us conscious of our sin. So when I go to church, I, I want the man of God to take the word of God and give that word to me. Show me what's wrong in my life and show me how to get it right. We're pretty good about always finding fault and finding the sin in somebody else's life. But may God help us to come clean with ourselves and sweep around our own door first, get our heart right with God, and we'll be able to help others. So the scriptures do not change. The word of God is settled forever. I, I, I don't need a substitute for the rule of said. I heard him preach a few days ago uh, by tape, and he said, uh, if I could live my life over again, here's some things I would not change. He said, I, I would not change my call. By the way, I, I, I've heard him so many times, had him in my church, and I spent time with him, but he talked about when God dealt with his heart about the call to the ministry as he was plowing with a single, uh, uh, a single cultivator and, uh, and how God dealt in a single row cultivator and how God dealt in his heart. I'm glad that God still calls. And by the way, God does not call a disqualified man. God still calls. I'm not seeing many. I got a text from a young fellow on the mission field uh, who surrendered his life to the call of God in a mission conference where I preached, and he just wanted to say thank you for being faithful in preaching the word of God. God listen, God is calling today, but we got young people who are not listening, and we've got adults that are not listening today. So the scriptures makes it very plain concerning, concerning the sinfulness of sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. The scripture makes us wise concerning the simplicity of salvation. Now hold on. The scripture makes us wise concerning the simplicity of salvation. The Bible tells us about our sin. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I'm saying the subject of salvation in scripture demands our fullest attention. I've, he I've heard preachers say, well, if you didn't pray this way when uh, you said you got saved, then you didn't get saved. I, I want to say to you, you don't know who's saved, and I don't know who's saved. There's only two that does know. That's God and you. And when you get saved, you're sealed with the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption, and we're fixed up for another world. I'm saying the Bible tells us about our sin his grace and his salvation. I'm grateful that I'm saved by grace through faith. 
but you can't be saved without having conviction. It is the Spirit of God that convicts us of our lost condition. And, and by the way, after conversion, he's the one who convicts us of our sin that we commit day by day. I'm glad he's a convictor. He's not an accuser. He, he convicts us of sin, of righteousness, of death. And so, so salvation is not by our worthiness nor anything we can do. Titus 3, 5 said, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Good deeds won't get you to heaven. Uh, again, good conduct can't get you to heaven. Good church attendance will not get you to heaven. Baptism will not get you to heaven. But you must be born again. It's being born of the Spirit, born of the Word of God. And by the way, God only has one plan of salvation. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And so God makes it very clear. The Scripture makes it clear, uh, makes us wise concerning the simplicity of salvation. And when we were born physically, God gave us a will. It is called a free will. We are not free will Baptists. We're free meal Baptists. No, I mean, we're, we're not free will Baptists, uh, but we're Baptists with a will that's free. And so the devil didn't make you do it. You chose that. You did that yourself. And so, I, I, and by the way, God respects our will. He does not force himself on anyone. Whosoever will may come. That's what the Bible said. God respects our will. God's challenged by our stubborn will. God's grieved over our self-will. But God always responds to the yielded will. And I'm grateful for his will for our lives. Let me say it this way. God has a design, chart, or plan for your life. He's the one who designed it. I, I've had people, I've had people uh, try to design a path for me and advise and counsel and direct, but I'm grateful that God who saved me, given me he's given me a chart for my life, and it's backed up by this word. And so he charts my course. He's the one who designed it, but he's the one who discloses it. He's the one who, who gives that to us. And in Psalm 32, the psalm said, uh, speaking of God, he said he will guide us with his eye. And in the book of Isaiah 30 and 21, he said, Now shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way you walk in it. Uh, when you turn to the left or to the right. Guess which way they were walking? Away from God. And, and again, you can be in church and be away from God. And so salvation is fully and completely provided for by Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Conformity to God through Christ is the only means of saving grace for the soul. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And so salvation is personally received. Personally received, John 1, 12. But as many as receive him, to them gave you power to become the son. How do we know all this? It's a, it's a matter It's written in this book. It's settled in heaven. 
it's inspired. So it's a light and a lamp, the word of God. How, how shall a man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against it. But salvation is to be publicly displayed. We're to so live our lives that others may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. It's the act of the will to receive Christ. Whosoever will may come. John 5, 39 said, Search, in the, script, search in the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me that you might have life. If you will not come to Christ, you will go to hell. And, I, and, and I'm saying it's an act of the will to receive. And so salvation is to be publicly displayed. You received a new life. I've got new direction. Have a new appetite, new friends, new desires. In Psalm 37, 4, he said, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Psalm 84, verse 11, he said, No good thing will the Lord withhold from them who walk uprightly. When God saves us, he changes us. And he continues to change us to make us to be more like him. Romans 8, 29, his desire is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Hey, he's still working on us. It is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so he said we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So we receive new life. It's a divine life. Hey, that, that is a relationship that never changes. Once saved, always saved. My friend Billy Mitchell said, uh, I'm a little suspicious of the once saved but you don't get saved but one time. And so Jesus didn't say to Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again and again and again. Hello? Born from above, born in the Spirit, born by the Word of God, and that relationship is, is established forever. And so, again, as we see, we have a divine nature, and we experience new power. The Holy Spirit moved in our dwelling. He lives in us. First Corinthians 12, 13, he said, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. And so we experience new power. It's not my power, it's God's power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. We spent a lifetime preaching doing and doing and doing and God emphasized the matter of being. But listen, that's the power of God. I'm saying it's divine power. We experience new power by the Spirit of God. We have the power now to face a world of sin. We have power to fight against Satan. We have power to forsake sin. And you have a, have a power that fits you to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So there, it, the Scriptures, the Word of God makes us wise uh, concerning the sinfulness of sin and, 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 and concerning the matter of God's will for our lives. Notice with me again. Uh, the scripture makes us wise concerning the greatness of God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So grace is God taking upon himself the total responsibility for my sins their guilt, their punishment for all of time and all of eternity. I can, I can hear Dr. The, the words of Dr. James Crumpton echoing in my ears this morning 
when he reminded us that Jesus Christ suffered all hell for all sinners for all eternity. I'm glad that he didn't die, he didn't die for a select few. Dr. Tom Malone, you said, Dear God, I pray you'll save all the elect and then elect some more. I don't believe the Lord has predetermined anybody to go to hell. Listen, we're predestined to be conformed to the image of his dear son. And it'd be a good day in our life as the servants of the Lord if we let the Spirit of God do the convicting and do the drawing. You can't force anybody to get saved. You can't, listen, you can't pressure them. They have to come on their own, a willing heart to receive Jesus, the Lamb of God, that takes away all the sin of the world. And so I, I'm reminded of the scripture makes us wise concerning the greatness of It's an advanced definition of grace. The affirmation of God's grace, Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And, 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 and he's, it's saving grace. By grace, I am saved. It's uh, serving grace. His grace is not in vain. And again, the availability of God's grace, he said it in, and it's been quoted two or three times already in the meeting here. He said, uh, uh, he said let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm grateful for the grace of God, but I'm likewise grateful for the mercy of the Lord. The mercies of God are brand new every morning. You don't use them up in a day's time, but tomorrow God gives us a brand new load of mercy. Mercy there was great, and grace was free, and pardon was multiplied to me at Calvary. Thank God for what he did for us at Calvary. So it's by the grace of serving grace and sustaining grace and uh, the grace, uh, the need of grace is continuance every day. I need thee, oh I need thee, every hour I need thee. The, 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 the measure of grace is abundant. And I, and I say the adequacy of God's grace, it protects from life's failures, it provides for private needs, and it produces godly conduct. I'm talking about the matter of uh, the scriptures that makes us wise concerning the greatness of God's grace. Marvelous grace. Wonderful grace. Grace that's greater than all our sin. I, I, I'm reminded, he said, uh, uh, Romans 5, he said, where, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And so somebody said, you're, you're hung up on grace. No, I'm saved by grace. I, I want to preach that sinners get saved by the grace of God. But the scriptures makes us wise concerning Christian conduct. Appreciate all of what's been said already. But uh, God's not trying to make me like you or you like me. He's wanting to make us to be like the Lord Jesus. I, 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 uh, Dr. Havner just said, he said, thank God he made both vanilla and chocolate. He said, I like chocolate, you like vanilla, but we don't break fellowship over ice cream. But there's people today that want to put you in their little mold. And if you don't fit their mold, then you're cast out. But I'm telling you, the mold that God has for us is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. And so the scripture will make us wise concerning Christian conduct. And Acts chapter 2, if you'll back up there, let me just reference two or three little thoughts and we'll in Acts chapter number 2 Acts chapter 2 and notice with me verse, verse number 42 
the Bible said, and they, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So Acts 2 and 42, Peter preached a sermon. What's he doing? He's preaching the word of God. 3,000 souls got saved. Do you believe that? Why, sure, I believe that. 3,000 souls got baptized. That's quite different than some of these meetings I hear about today. It's like the, the, the evangelist said, if they'd just let me preach, give me 15 minutes, I'll have the folks shouting, run the aisle, the altars will be filled in 15 minutes. I said, it probably could. But so they had 1,000 saved or had 1,500 saved. No one was baptized. No one, no one joined the church. No one started a new church. Something wrong about that. That old dog won't hunt. When you get saved by the grace of God, God changes your life. Peter preached, 3,000 souls got saved. Verse number 42 speaks of their advancing. They progressed in their spiritual life. They continued. How did they continue? Steadfastly. They never changed gears. And by the way, could I tell you, we don't change the message just to try to draw a crowd. I, I, I hear folks say, well, well, we use this contemporary music in order to get the attention of the young people that we might present Christ to them. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't back down in the ditch to try to get somebody out of the ditch. If you want to help them out of the ditch, stay up on the shoulder of the road. Amen. Amen. And so you don't reach people by compromising the Word of God, cutting corners and changing. I'm saying God help us realize the importance of continuing steadfastly, they change, they never change gears. I'm still, I'm still unashamed of being an old-time fundamental Baptist. I, I believe the Bible is the word of God from the first word in Genesis to the last word in the book of the Revelation. And so that's why I don't preach at some places. Because they've got a label that they're fundamental, but they're not fundamental in their services. So I come back to this. Peter preached, 3,000 got saved, 3,000 got baptized. They continued steadfastly, and they advanced in their Bible study. The, the apostles' doctrine, what they do, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Uh, uh, again, there can be no progress, there can be no progress without Bible study. That's why the key verse in 2 Timothy is chapter 2, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that, right, that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so they advanced in Bible study, the apostles' doctrine. There can be no progress without Bible study again. And so God save us from spiritual ignorance. I, I hear things on the road, I, and I always try to go to Sunday school when, I, when I'm on the road in meeting. I think that's a part of the ministry. I'm there and I'm listening. I, I hear some of the most outlandish things in Sunday schools across this country that's contrary to this book. I, I don't want to disrupt the church, but I, my heart is grieved when I hear a, a, a grown man stand up before a, 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 a class of men that said the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with the will of God. I want to say, dear sir, you probably need to stay in off the street. If you're that dumb, somebody will run over you. And so there could be no progress about Bible. God save us from the spirit. Christ warns us: you do err, you do err, uh, you, you do err, not knowing 
scriptures. You do air what? Not knowing the scriptures. And so the Bible must be in our heads for enlightenment, in our hearts to establish us, and in our hands for efficiency. And so they advanced in church attendance. And so Hebrews 10.25 said, Do we to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, we need to be having more services today than we have had. Jesus is coming. And so they continued in the apostles' fellowship. They advanced in their church witness. They advanced in intercession. They continued in prayer. And by the way, when, when I got saved, I'm grateful for those who prayed for me before I got saved, but I'm grateful for those who prayed for me after I got saved. I, there's people all across this country that, uh, that say to us as from time to time, we pray for you every day or we pray for you every week or we pray for you regularly. I'm grateful. Listen, I'm grateful for the intercession of others. I need the prayers of God's people. Asking God to build a hedge about us. And so that prayer was vital in their spiritual growth and prayers vital in spiritual, uh, spiritual help and for cleansing and for spiritual conflict. Prayer is a great goal of God's purpose. Prayer is the generator of spiritual passion. And prayer is the gateway to divine power. They advanced in holy living. In Acts chapter 2 verse 47 the Bible said, They're praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You believe that verse? I, I believe that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad that he gave us a book. I'm thankful that there is no error in it. It's, it is the, I had folks saying days gone by that said, well, we believe in the, the inspiration of the Bible, but we don't believe in the preservation. Listen, the same God that inspired it preserves it. Settled in heaven. We don't change Bibles. We don't change music. But we continue in that which we have been taught and been instructed along with. I'm grateful for those who took time out to help me as an ignorant young preacher uh, to help me get a hold of some biblical truth that has helped me when it seemed like the bottom was falling well, you said we don't have any problem. Like, well, you probably lie about other things too. Yeah. Somebody realizing that we might be down, but we're not out. We're we're not going to have to wait till the last few seconds of the game to uh, kick a field goal to see whether we won or not. We're already more than conquerors through Him that loves us. Thank God for the book, the blessed hope, the blood of Christ that cleanses from all sin, and I'm grateful that. The truth will make us free. Thank you, Pastor.